Welcome to episode four of the Fierce Calling podcast. I'm your host, author, blogger, and speaker, Doris Swift. We're a community of women who are taking action where our passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. I hope this podcast inspires and encourages you to walk in your fierce calling and use your gifts to impact the world. Today, I'm talking with Kathy Burris. Kathy found her fierce calling during a journey of grieving. After she lost her young daughter, she found something in her daughter's belongings that changed the trajectory of her life and calling. She shares how she walked through that journey with God and how she's now helping other women to get unstuck and make a remarkable difference in the world. Listen in as I have a chat with Kathy Burris. Thank you for joining us on the Fierce Calling Podcast. And I have my friend with me, Kathy Burris. Welcome, Kathy. Hello, Doris, and thank you. I'm loving being here. I know that we have a lot of similarities in our calling, in our passion. So start off a little bit about your story. You know, being an author was never on my bucket list. (laughs) I wanted to be a lot of other things, but not an author. But 13 years ago, our youngest daughter died in a car pedestrian accident. And in the back of her journal, um, she the words started being upside down. So we flipped it over and there we found a title page called Lovely Traces and chapter one, which was once upon a time I was born. And then she says, wait, I should start at the beginning. And she says, once upon a time, this boy met this girl and they fell in love. And she writes one story about one chapter about my story. And ends the chapter with, and then I was born. And so I immediately that morning knew at some point, this was a book she left for me to finish. Not that she knew that, but um, so for the 10th anniversary of her death, I launched Lovely Traces of Hope, which was my first book. And in it shared how um, she had at one point said, mom, my favorite color means my favorite word. And I said, what's that? Because her room was, she had just painted a room, hot pink, hot yellow, hot orange. Oh, <laughs> and, wow. and, and, she said, no, green, green's my favorite color and it means hope. And so literally my grief journey um, was looking for the lovely traces of hope that were left for me to find, to, uh, to find my way out of the grief tunnel, which is what I called it. And the journey of writing the book helped me to see so many ways that God had showed up. You know, the book is about me. It's about Alicia. It's our story, but it's really more about how God showed up. And I think that has been a huge part of me trusting enough that he's going to show up in the next part of the story too. So his faithfulness. That's so beautiful how you were able to continue what your daughter started and it was just meant to be that way. God. And it felt like such a connection with her in that process. So yeah, that meant a lot. That's beautiful and therapeutic for you to work through that process. Very much so. With, you know, with a Lord and feeling that she was close when you were doing it. Very much so. Precious. So where would you say going toward looking at your fierce calling? Because that certainly was a fierce calling you did not really realize was in you until this came forth. And then what would you say now that passion would be like where your passion, compassion and conviction intersect? Where would you say that would be Kathy? You you know, first of all, I want to say, I love those three words that triad does describe fierce calling so beautifully. So I love that you've challenged me to kind of think this through again, as I was writing my second book, Envision You Unstuck and Confident, it was born out of my desire to try to 
to move past my stuck place of grief. You know, I, I thought writing the book, first book, Lovely Traces, I could kind of put my grief up on a shelf now and I could move on and I couldn't. And I noticed layers and layers of grief. So in writing this second book, I began to recognize that the passion that I had and what I was writing in this book was not a new awareness for me. It was not a new journey. This was something that actually started when I was a very little girl and recognized that I wanted to be someone special. And if I wanted to be special, other people around me wanted to remember they were special too. And that was the word I used. I, I want to be special. And this was before junior high. And so when you start to recognize that God has been part of the message I have right now, God has been planting that in me all this time. The passion of it has been growing through the story, which has been nurturing me and, you know, helping me to hone um, my design and my values and those things that are really important to me. And that is where the compassion came from as I learned to listen to my story and learn to listen and watch for God to show up in the middle of all of that. And so passion has been growing. My compassion has grown out of my story and the conviction has come. And I think I've always been convicted that God is good, you know, and I wanted people to know that, that they are special. And I wanted people to know that. But I think when it's coupled with the awareness that life is short, you know, even my 84 year old father will say that life just went so fast. But when my daughter died at 15, life is short and it's fragile. And why not watch for God to show up? And why not live out of who we really are? And why not do it now? Why not be who we were made to be now? And I think that conviction has only been strengthened over the last 13 years since I had to start over. You know, everything I believed about myself or about God or about myself in God had to be challenged after my daughter died because could I experience that kind of pain and God still be good? I wasn't sure. And and I really had to start ABC one, two, three, you know, all over again in in learning to know who he was. And as I did, learning to know who I was all over again. Wow. Do you recall uh, a certain turning point that you had through that process? You know, there were several, several significant times, but one of those that I remember very strongly wondering if I could really be honest with God, because if I was really honest with God, I would really scream and holler and yell and shout. Yeah. And so um, Psalm 77 is a huge chapter for me. God has used it in my life several times. But in, in the beginning of Psalm 77, uh, the first six verses, the psalmist is really honest about what he's experiencing. He can't sleep. He can't eat. You know, he, he life is just really hard. He remembers the good old days and it's, it's not like that anymore. And then there's two or three verses where he gets really honest about how he feels about God. And in some translations, it's like, you big bully, go pick on somebody your own size you know, basically. And I remember thinking, okay, if the psalmist can be that honest with God, then so can I. And I imagined myself, I was in my bed, but I imagined myself climbing up on his lap and just started to tell him how I really felt. And it ended up with me just beating against the pillows and screaming and crying and feeling like I was stomping on toes and slapping faces and hitting him on the chest. And I thought, can I be this honest with God? But when I was done, when I was exhausted, when I had screamed all I could scream and cried all I could cry, why would you let this pain happen to me? Why take my daughter, whatever that was that I needed to yell? Where was I? In his lap, yeah, in his arms. And I think that was one of the most intimate 
wrestlings I ever had with God and to realize he already knew I felt all of this. He already understood the pain that this mama's heart had, mm. knew the brokenness of, of a child. He gave his child. I, mine was taken, but he knew that kind of pain. And yet he allowed me to express it openly and honestly. And when I was done, I trusted him with an intimate knowing of him that I had not experienced before. And that really changed the rest of my grief journey. Wow. What a precious moment there. Just you and, and God and just being real and raw and letting those emotions out. And that's amazing because it's the reason why he does allow his word to minister to us in those ways, right? Because when we see these things in the word, in the Bible, then we know that it is very applicable to our lives and it, it is okay. Absolutely. And so, yeah, he didn't leave out the ugly parts, you know, and just have all the, the pretty parts and the, you know, Hey, victory is one. And you know, all that <laughs> kind of stuff. It's like the deep down tough stuff and the real so, stuff. Yeah. 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 To be able to just be real and just shout and scream. And yeah. So that's a wonderful example that you mentioned in the Psalms. So yeah, that's going to encourage some people today. Well, sure. the amazing thing in that Psalm is that after the Psalmist has been really honest, mm -hmm. you know, then, then there's this choice that they make. I will choose to meditate on who you are. I will look at you. I will see what you've done. And, and the next words that the psalmist says is, oh God, your ways are holy. And I, I experienced that knowing, that seeing. And yeah, that we sometimes fear getting that honest. We fear in some ways because what if God isn't big enough? Mm. What if he's not who I thought he was. What if it's not enough for my situation? And when we come to realize that he is, he's still good. He's still right. He's still in control. He's still big enough. He's different. Oh my goodness. So different than we expect him to be. But when we see God and the psalmist talks about, you know, the Red Sea, seeing God and standing at attention, when we see God, life changes, things change. It doesn't necessarily change the circumstances, yeah. but it changes us. Yes. And see who he really is. And then that changes everything in just that step out because so many will turn the other way and not make that choice. And you know, that God has these plans and he has the plans for you and you are walking in your fierce calling and helping other people. So talk a little bit about that. How are you using your gifts that you have received from the Lord to impact the world, impact the lives of other people on a daily basis? Well, I am a coach, a life coach, particularly for women who long to make the remarkable difference, but they're stuck somewhere and they're not mm -hmm. sure where they're stuck. So I, I realized I'm an unstuck coach <laughs> <laughs> or I'm a coach to help you get unstuck um, as, as a person who has been unstuck or has been stuck herself. So I, I'm an author and I've got these two books now that tell the story of how God showed up for me. And I'm so grateful that he's using them to help others process how he can show up for them, just to listen to their story and to, to recognize that he's not wasting anything. Yeah. The good, the bad, the, it's that tension that we live in of easy, hard, joy, sadness that he's working in. 
he's not wasting a moment of it. So I'm using, um, I think one of the things that has been real significant for me is recognizing that I am still me, even though I'm a grieving mom, mm. or I am still me, even though I wanted to be a pastor's wife all my life. And then my husband needed to not be a pastor anymore. And I suddenly went, now who am I? Yeah. <laughs> and re recognizing that I, I never was, uh, God never designed me to be the pastor's wife or the life coach. Um, or the author. He designed me to be me mm -hmm. with my gifts, my abilities, and my story, and use that wherever I am, in whatever role I play. And that has, um, is part of the conviction that I feel for women, that place that my heart breaks for when we compare ourselves to other people and come up wanting, mm -hmm. come up inadequate. You know, we listen to the expectations others have for us, and we feel like, I'm not good enough, I'm not enough uh, in general. And so I think what I long to do more than anything is just to lift the chins of women to see the face of God and then, and then to see their own self. And um, so whether that's as a worship leader at my church or that is a, a coach in a private session or in a group. I have some Facebook groups that I do where I, we, we have a lot of conversation back and forth about topics that are important to becoming unstuck or important to listening to God showing up in her story. Um, those themes keep coming up because that's what matters to me. And it's part of that passion, compassion, conviction intersection that is the fierce calling that I have beautiful, you know, and that is so true how we can get all tangled up in identity issues of like, well, whatever we do or the roles we play. And that is so true. That is not really who we actually are. And that is so freeing. And I love how you use the word unstuck because we've all experienced times in our lives where we felt stuck. So how, how is it that you help women? Like what would be some first steps to becoming unstuck and that you help them through? Well, what I challenge women first to do is just to stop, mm. just, just be still and listen. We think, seem to think that our life keeps happening around us. It's, it's random. It's just random events that are happening, you know, to us on a daily basis. And we experience one thing like you and I have this conversation and we hang up and we go take off into the next thing without stopping to reflect, you know, what did I hear? What did I say? What, what is the impact? How can we use this time, this moment? Um, and, and we never take the time to connect the dots, so to speak. And so what I challenge my women, especially in Envision You, is to just stop. Something something will stop us. Either we'll just go, go, go till our body stops us, yeah. or we're going to intentionally stop and recognize that something's going on. I mean, a lot of life issues can stop us. But when we intentionally do that, our attitude and our spirit towards that stopping is really different than when we're forced to stop. And so I encourage women to choose to stop and to reflect and just notice what's going on observe how it impacted them, um, identify how they respond to it, because the losses, the hurts, the pain, even the celebrations, the successes that we have are not our defining moments. 
it's how we respond to them that are. And when we don't stop to notice how we're responding, then we might be making the same response over and over again in a negative way. Uh, for instance, whenever I heard the word not good enough, I tended to throw my hands up and say, oh, well, okay, <laughs> if I'm not good enough, you know, but there, as I trace that back in my timeline, I recognized that the first time I really uh, accepted those words was in the second grade from a teacher who loved me dearly, but I was begging and begging, be begging to have a part in a, in a school musical because as a second grader, I realized that a fourth grader had a solo that I wanted. And I thought if I just told her that I could do it really good, that it would be, you know, good enough. And she must have a thousand times said, Kathy, honey, the fourth graders already got that. Kathy, honey, it's, you just can't do that. But at one point she turned to me very gingerly. I mean, I remember the moment and she put her hands on my shoulder and looked at me very tenderly and said, Kathy, honey, you're just not good enough. Now, this mm -hmm. is after a thousand times of telling me other things, wow. but I heard the not good enough part. Did she mean to hurt me? No. She's one of my favorite people in the whole world. But that moment was replayed over and over. And if I ever heard that, I, I threw my hands up and I walked away. So yeah. it wasn't what she said. It was how I responded that changed me yeah. and that I carried with me. And it wasn't until just a few years ago, well, maybe 15 or 20 now, but <laughs> it wasn't until then that I began to realize how often I was replaying that in my life and how there were times where I shouldn't have walked away that I did. And so I think just noticing is a huge first step. Yeah, that's such great advice because it's so true how we are, that we'll have an experience or an interaction or an encounter. And then, like you say, we go on to the next thing on our agenda or our to-do list or all the demands that are going on in our lives and our plates are full and we can't scrape something off before something else piles on it. And, and we don't learn anything from what we've experienced, right? If we don't stop to experience it. So that is a great piece of advice right there, girl. Word. <laughs> that is <laughs> good. so good, you know, really in, in the part of becoming unstuck, because that is kind of reminiscent to me about being still and knowing mm -hmm. that I'm God or, you know, that refreshment of you can stop because the world is going to keep going and it's, it's going to be fine. You're going to be yeah. okay. You know, yeah. nothing's going to fall apart if you just take a breath, right? That's exactly so, it. Tell us about your second book. It just came out in September. Um, it really envisioned you unstuck and confident. It um, is really my awareness that the majority of the women that came in that I work with at some point, they may not start with it, but at some point they just say, I want to make a difference. I want to do this thing that matters, but I feel so stuck. And, and the other thing they usually say with that, I want to feel confident with whatever that next step should be. And so as I was listening to them, I was thinking, I feel that way too. What, what do I do about that? And one of the authors that I heard, and I can't remember right now who it was, said, we don't write the book that we know all the answers to. We write the book that we need to figure stuff out. And so this is my figuring it out and recognizing what I do with my clients or what I've done with my own journey to become unstuck, untethered. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I use that word because when we were kids, we played tetherball. <laughs> Oh, and, we right. would yeah. ball and it would, it would spin around a pole. And I feel like there were so many times where I was trying to do something and it just, it just kept spinning around in this, what ends up being a comfort zone for me now. It just became this place. I couldn't break free of the stuck place because I was so tethered 
to a, a message from my past or a limiting belief or a hurt that just was too painful. I was afraid to let it go. It was my comfort zone. And so this book is my journey to become untethered myself, but to help the women that I work with and the reader to find where they might be stuck and what their response might be and how they can break free nice. and break through who they really are. Yeah, I will definitely give a plug for your book because I have it and it's, it's wonderful. And it's, it's amazing because you wrote it out of a felt need of the women that you worked with and also of yourself and, you know, of all of us where, you know, how do we get unstuck and then how do we walk forward in confidence, you know, and be able to do what God's calling us to do and accomplish the things that, you know, we are called to do because we just, we need that encouragement and we need to know that, you know, we're not alone mm. and that there is, you know, always hope. And the Lord has a plan and we can just trust that he's in control because sometimes we can be kind of control freaks and want to like <laughs> oh, make really? everything happen. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. Uh -huh. You found that too? Hmm. Uh -huh. so, definitely. So, so what would be the one thing that you would want the person listening today? What would you want her to know? Well, I think you kind of said it. We're not alone. And so often I have a woman say to me, I can't tell anybody else this because if they really knew who I really was, they wouldn't like me or wouldn't approve or wouldn't whatever. Yeah. And when, when the women join my groups or when, um, you know, I'm sure you experience this too, when women begin to have honest conversations, they all of a sudden realize I'm not the only one that feels this way. And I'm, I'm not just like her even though I've been trying to be like her, I'm not like her. And she's not as scary as I think. And I, I think those are things that we as women need to, it, it's scary because, you know, we may risk being so vulnerable with someone and they may not be ready for that. Mm -hmm. And it, we might experience rejection. We may, yeah. but we may also invite them and give them permission to be real as well. And um, when we're real, amazing things can happen. Yeah. We can really grab what's honest and what's happening. And, and God does incredible things with our real, our I mean, messy yeah. stuff. What so. a step to even put yourself out there and be vulnerable, knowing that this might not end the way I would like it to end, but I'm doing what I'm called to do or what's, you know, going to free me of this, you know, wearing this mask that, you know, exactly. trying to pretend to be someone I'm not. Exactly. And um, yeah, and, and just to be in community. And uh, because I know a lot of times women struggle with friendships and struggle with, you know, either they might be intimidated or like you say, comparison and all of that, but to know that you can find community and that you have something to contribute in your own unique way. And, um, you know, as I've said before, there's certain spiritual gifts we've been given, but two women can have the same spiritual gift and it's used totally differently because of Lately. the unique woman they are. So Kathy, thank you so much. How can people connect with you? Well, they can check out kathyburris.com. Um, that's where my website lives. Um, and that's where I share about the groups that are coming up and the opportunities that are there. But they can also find me on Facebook at Green Hope Coach is my uh, handle there. And uh, that's where I spend the majority of my time when I'm not on my blog and on my Facebook. 
or, then, or my website, either one of those places would be great. Love to meet them. All right. Well, that's wonderful. And um, yeah, I just thank you for taking the time today and being such an encouragement because I know that God has really called you to a mighty walk to encourage women to be who they truly are and to find that peace and you know, that he is what they're searching for. And that's just amazing. And I won't think of green in the same way. <laughs> so well, I want to thank you for, for being who you are and building this platform for women to both listen and to share out of their story. So thank you for being you. Well, I appreciate that friend. You are such an encouragement to me and yeah. So I hope that you all will go on and check out Kathy's site. I will put her um, links in the episode notes and head on over to her site and get to know her even more and check out her book that are amazing and available wherever books are sold, right? Um, primarily Amazon, but I will be available in bookstores after the beginning of the year. So. Great. Great. Well, thank you, friend. And I hope you have a wonderful evening and I will thank be talking you. with you soon. And I can't wait to see the next thing that God has for you. And me for you too, girl. All right. Talk to you later. Thank you. Thank you for listening. I hope Kathy's story inspired and encouraged you to walk in your fierce calling and use your gifts to impact the world. She feels compelled to help women get unstuck. So check out her website at kathyburris.com. Remember, if you're going through a difficult season, that God is right there with you. Even though it might seem like a dry desert, He is living water. I'd like to read a psalm for you. I'm going to read Psalm 63, verses 1 through five. Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory because your love is better than life. My lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live and in your name I will lift up my hands. Friend, God's love is better than life. Grab hold to that truth and the hope of Christ in you. Have a blessed week, and I'll talk to you soon.